What you doing? I'm running out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions. You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Chargers need a touchdown. Rivers hooks a pass. Intercepted. Chad Greenway is there. That Greenway's got a convoy in front of him. Greenway down the sideline. Chad Greenway's going to take it all the way. Touchdown Vikings. Second and five. Intercepted. Fourth of the game. Chad Greenway. And Greenway dies for the end zone. Touchdown. The third. This business is about relationships, about teammates, about people, right? When I was drafted 11 years ago with the Wilfs, at that time Brad Childress it was about relationships, and the people taught me that, right? And to be able to fight with your boys on D, right? We fight for each other all the time. On offense, we fight for each other all the time, right? That's how I've, uh, every decision I made, every day going to practice and working, it's been for everybody in here, right? From day one to now. I just challenge all you guys, some of you guys are rookies, some of you guys are about to walk out of this league. Keep doing it every day, man. You'll be great. I appreciate you guys. Goodbye, my friend. You have been the one. You have been the one for me. It's Locked On Vikings on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's a Tuesday, but we do have Sage Rosenfels on the show. My name's Sam Ekstrom. Today is the day that Chad Greenway bids farewell as he announces his retirement. As we record, it's about two hours away, and Sage is here to give his thoughts on Chad's retirement. But first, Sage, a belated happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I was uh, in Minneapolis yesterday morning and drove back uh, to Omaha, had a great uh, dinner with my kids, little Five Guys burgers. I let them choose last night. And, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a nice birthday. And I had a great birthday weekend up in the Twin Cities. Had some decent weather, especially on Sunday, get warmed up up there. So uh, it's, it's always nice to still be under 40 for one more year. If you had to rank uh, your burger restaurants, where would you go if you had one day to live? You're going to go get a good burger. Where do you go? Uh, I'd probably get the Revival Burger. It's up on a 40... I think 43rd in Nicollet, maybe 42nd Nicollet. Um, it's, uh, it's a soul food restaurant up in Minneapolis. It's my favorite burger in the country. It's absolutely fantastic. They do really good chicken as well, correct? Revival chicken? Yeah, they, well, it's soul food, right? So it's, it's fried chicken. They've got a, a regular, they got a Tennessee hot. They've got the fried green tomatoes and the collard greens and uh, mac and cheese. It's, it's a fantastic soul food restaurant. I'm a pretty big Culver's fan. I think Culver's is a little bit underrated. Maybe it's not quite as uh, niche, but I'm a really big Culver's fan. I, I have become a Culver's fan for a couple of reasons. One, you're correct. I, I think they do have a heck of a, a good, you know, quote-unquote fast food 
Berger, but uh, truly one of my best friends from my childhood. Uh, you know, little league baseball, high school, the whole way up. Uh, he and his family owned five Culvers in the Cedar Rapids, Waterloo area. So uh, we, we spent our fair share of time talking about Culvers, and of course, if I'm ever in Eastern Iowa, uh, I make sure I stop in and, and have myself a uh, a butter burger, and uh, I'm trying to think what else they they've got. Uh, uh, fried cheese balls, you know, it's 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 a it's a Wisconsin company, right? So you're gonna get uh, gonna get some pretty tasty food. Yeah, Wisconsin, Iowa, South Dakota. There's a few here in Minnesota, and the concrete mixers at the end of it. I mean, they're basically a McFlurry, except I think more options. They're really really good desserts. <laughs> we went from Chad Greenway to to burgers and desserts. <laughs> That's what we do on Locked On Vikings. We're not afraid to touch all the controversial topics. So Chad Greenway is calling it quits. He's hanging up the cleats after 11 years. We addressed it as it broke yesterday. Chad Greenway is going to give this press conference. He's going to walk off into the sunset. You've gone through the retirement phase, Sage. What is tomorrow going to be like for Chad Greenway? When he wakes up, the sun's going to come up. What's going through his mind? Well, he had a couple things. One, he can have as many cheeseburgers as he wants. That's a nice thing about retirement. You don't have to be in tip-top shape all the time. I have a feeling that he will still stay, stay in great shape. He and his wife uh, love to work out. She's a runner. She ran uh, the, the track and cross country at the University of Iowa, so they're both in great shape. Um, but I, I think what you know, Chad's going to probably take his time and figure out what he wants to get into. Uh, you know, They've got four daughters. There's other days where I feel like I am much busier now than I ever was when I was playing because I'm I'm doing all the things uh, you know it, within the house cleaning up and the kids and driving to practice and driving to school you know all these things that uh, that I didn't do that he probably didn't have a chance to do a lot of you know when you're showing up at the football office at uh, 6:45 in the morning can't take your kids to school now he can do that so you really get to enjoy the other things in life uh, that a lot of people probably take as a chore. Uh, but as a as sort of a retired professional athlete, you get to take um, as a you know special part of your day driving your kids to school and picking them up. I know Chad has always been a big cycler. He once told the media that he would rather watch the Tour de France than the Super Bowl. He's a huge cycling fan, so I bet he gets into biking. And you know he's got four kids. You've got three kids. He's going to get to spend a ton more time with those daughters. Did you ever get the itch a- after you called it quits? Did you ever watch football the next season and? and have any sort of regret uh, at the decision you made? Not really regret, but uh, I would say for about two seasons, you know, I, my, I was still in good enough shape. I still felt uh, my body felt good that I felt like I could go out there and still play and compete and, and probably pay, play better than some of the quarterbacks that I saw out there playing. Uh, in particular, you know, guys were going down, it seemed like. You know, when, when I retired, or the, the year I, I, I got cut by the Vikings, and I was out that fall. It was a strange year. Almost no starting quarterbacks got hurt the entire year. I believe somebody got hurt like week 14 when the season was almost over. Uh, but the So then I retired, and I'm retiring the next summer. Well, then that following year, uh, it seemed like about half the quarterbacks went down you know, midway through the season. You know, Obviously, if I, I feel like if I would have not retired, I probably would have had a chance to get signed by you know somebody at that point so yeah it was hard to watch the games at first but I, I i believe that the the worst shape i got in the less i worked out uh sort of the further away i got from the game um the easier it was you, you really start to realize man there's really no chance i'd 
I'd be able to go out there and compete against those guys, uh, take the hits that the quarterbacks take, uh, run around and try to make things happen. Uh, your body just starts to it does start to age, you know, fairly quickly. It seems like in your upper 30s, and and I'm sure Chad will you know start to feel some of those aches and pains from his 11-year NFL career. I do wonder if Chad will have the itch to stay involved in the organization because. He's an organization guy. He's a lifer. Been been there 11 years. He's going to stay in Minneapolis. I don't think he has any plans of moving away. It does seem, though, that he has enough interests and enough family commitments that he'd probably be busy enough just spending time with Jenny and, and the four kids. But I do wonder if he'll have any sort of role, whether it's from a broadcasting standpoint, maybe he does some radio, some work with training camp, who knows, maybe a consulting role. I do wonder if he'll stick with the organization in some small capacity. My guess is that the organization uh, has had meetings and will have some meetings about what what uh, they would like to do with Chad Greenway. Um, and then, you know, it's sort of, my guess is they'll probably have some big, big group meeting and wonder and ask Chad, you know, what would he like to do? You know, I'm not sure if broadcasting is in Chad's future. Uh, I haven't talked to him about it, but he doesn't seem like the guy who's looking for attention um, and, and you know really loves to be on TV and state his opinion. I'm not sure if he, if he has interest in that, uh, but I do see him in some way uh, working with the organization. Maybe it's just you know, you know being in, in suites uh, in big corporate suites on game day. Maybe it's uh, you know working with uh, Rick Spielman and George Payton with, uh, with, with pro and college scouting. Uh, you know, the, the, sometimes the scouting, some guys like to get into scouting because they can sort of be behind the scenes and they can travel around a little bit and, and sort of stay around the game. Uh, but they don't have to, uh, you know, you know, you don't have to be on TV. You don't have to be a salesman. They just do what they do best. And that's, you know, watch and, and understand football. So uh, it's really up to Chad. I think it starts with if does Chad want to be a part of the Vikings. And if he does, I think the, the Vikings will have you know, three or four or five uh, opportunities for him waiting if he so chooses to take one of them. So with Greenway out of the picture, the Vikings probably try to fill that spot internally. They definitely have the options to do so. And the post-Chad Greenway era now uh, begins today. And, you know, with Greenway now retired and Peterson possibly moving on, there's definitely a turning of the page now as, you know, you've got Brian Robinson kind of hanging on. But other than that, there's not many guys from those mid-2000s that are still remaining. Peterson, another one who we've talked a ton about. The latest rumor is that New England is possibly on his mind. Peterson's camp saying that he might be willing to take a pay cut to play for a contender like New England. I'm sitting here, though, and I just don't know if that works. New England's never been known to splash at running back, not since Corey Dillon about 12 years ago. I think they really value pass catchers, not a move that Belichick would typically make. Well, I think the the challenge of, you know, if you look at the Patriots, they've always gone after guys like Adrian Peterson, you know, really good veterans, have had great careers, even Hall of Fame careers. And then there's, you know, there's a little bit left in the tank. You know, guys like Junior Seau, uh, who at the end of their career, you know, they're smart football players. They may not have all the athletic ability left, but they know how to play the game, and Belichick loves those types of guys. He, he, my, my, my concern with Adrian is you know, he's not a disciplined runner, and he's a guy you give the ball to, and you have no idea if he's going to bounce it outside, if he's going to cut it back, if he's going to uh, try to run it up the middle. Uh, he's not one that follows his blocks all that great. Well, in New England... They have a very precise system. They want a, 
really a system back in there that follows the rules of when you should cut back, when you should bounce out, uh, bounce it outside. There's a reason for everything, and, and my concern is that Belichick would get very, very frustrated with uh, his uh, Adrian sort of undisciplined running style, though he still is an incredible athlete. I'm with you on that, and I like your point about the the disciplined and undisciplined running style. I just can't see Adrian going to a squad on their terms. I think it's going to be on his terms. I think he values his worth. He believes that he is worth one of the highest running back salaries in the NFL. Just based on what he said in the past, we're not 100% sure what teams are going to be offering him, but there's got to be one team out there, just one team out of 32, that will be willing to really pony up and give Adrian closer to what he's envisioning. Well, I believe the best odds were uh, from last week or a few days ago it was Tampa Bay, and I think that's one of those teams that you know part of the reason they would sign Adrian uh, is because he has that celebrity, you know, star Hall of Fame, you know, factor to get some some fans in the seats. You know, teams like New England or the New York Giants don't need that. Uh, I also believe that Adrian, uh, sort of what you said, I think he values himself very high. Uh, and in this day and age of where running backs are paid, I think he way overvalues himself based off of what his most recent production is. That's that's my concern with Adrian. You know, he's supposed to make this absurd amount of money this year. It was it was, it was 17 million or 18 million dollars or something, uh, you know, quarterback money, and running backs just are not paid that anymore. They're paid a third of that. My concern is that Adrian still thinks that he's worth 10 or 12 million dollars a year. Uh, he's not even worth half that right now. He might be a three or four million dollar a year running back. I mean, he really did nothing last year, hasn't done much uh, the last few years, and and uh, he's getting older and older. So, you know, coming off a, a couple uh, ACL tears or, or knee injuries over the course of the last couple seasons does not bode well for a running back, uh, you know, in their 30s. So we'll see how it plays out. Should be interesting. The Vikings are still in the in play here. Uh, and I guess everyone's in play, and you wonder what 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 Adrian's going to do. Well, things are going to start happening quickly. Today is the beginning of the quote-unquote legal tampering period where teams can communicate and do a little whining and dining, and, uh, and then they can start signing on the dotted line 3 p.m. Central on March 9. Today is March 7. With that in mind, as the Vikings start to move some of these chess pieces on the board, if you could put on your Spielman hat for just a minute – Outline your plan for the next few days. Which areas do you feel like you want to address, number one? What's your what's your general free agency plan now that it has arrived? Offensive line, offensive line, offensive line, offensive line. That's, that's what, all I'm going after. And the reason I say that is because you know, that is a huge, obviously, concern for the Vikings. Run game, pass game, worse than the NFL last year, rush, running the football. Uh, that they couldn't uh, pass block to allow Bradford to really throw the ball down the field. That is the number one reason why the Vikings did not make the playoffs last year. It wasn't the quarterback. It wasn't Adrian's injury. It was offensive line. And and having that said, the closer you are to the football, the longer it takes to be good at what you do. You can draft an, a wide receiver in the first round or, or the second or third round. They come in. The offense is fairly simple for that position. They learn it, and, uh, and they can play right away. Offensive line, tackle, guard, center. It takes longer the closer you are to the football because the game gets more complex. You're going against athletes that are much better than you on the defensive line. So it takes longer to be uh, a good player. 
Uh, so rather than trying to draft guys this year, uh, coming up in, in, in a couple months, which you might it might take a year or two or three years for them to be legitimate NFL offensive linemen, you have to go out probably overpay on offensive linemen uh, with, with free agency. And and if they're good, they're probably you know not going to get uh, not going to get uh, released or, or be free agents. So um, that's just the way it goes. So they're going to have to figure out something with that offensive line. I would spend the majority of my salary cap money that's available in free agency on that position. You raise a good point about the length it takes for offensive line to really realize their talent because in the NFL, windows are short. Windows for success are short. And even though I think the Vikings' preferred method of building a team is through the draft and grooming young talent, you don't always have time for that. With all this new stadium momentum, the young defense kind of in their prime right now, they're not going to be there forever. Some guys are going to leave probably in free agency. Some guys are going to experience an injury perhaps that affects their career. You don't know when the defense is going to take a hit. So you want to take advantage of it now by making sure the offense is up to par. And that might mean a few years of Band-Aids. You know, I think the Vikings sort of tried to do that last year with Boone and Smith, and it just didn't work out for them. So this year, you've got options. You've got Whitworth, you've got Wagner, you've got Reef, you've got Zeitler. There are options there if you want to pursue them, whether it's one guy, whether it's two guys. It'll cost a lot of money, but if the Vikings want to woo these guys, I think they have the resources to do it. They can say, look at our team, look how close we were. You guys are the, the missing plug to this dam this new stadium. We've got a great fan base. We're so close. feels like the Vikings actually have a lot to, to offer and pitch these free agents. Yeah, I think so. And I, and I think playing indoors uh, actually, you know, helps. I, you know, a lot of guys don't like playing outdoors and, and nasty weather in the wintertime. And obviously the, the beautiful stadium does help. You know, there, there's the going out and getting the guys like Whitworth, the, the old veteran offensive linemen that are you know, probably in the last couple years uh, of their playing career. They've got something left in the tank. If, if they're not the starter, at their worst, they're some sort of swing tackler or maybe they're that third uh, third guard or, or fourth interior guy that can be the veteran presence uh, for any young guys that might be on the football team. But you also have – you can get creative. You know, when I was in Houston, um, we were looking for a center, and they went out and they got a guy named Chris Myers. And Chris Myers just retired, uh, I think, a year or so ago had about a 10-year NFL career as a center for the Houston Texans. Uh, but he had started his, his career uh, as a Denver Bronco. And uh, he was there for three seasons in Denver. And he was a seventh-round draft pick and came up with uh, into restricted free agency. And, and he hadn't played much, played a little bit, and they just gave him a regular tender. Well, the Texans went up, gave away that seventh-round pick, which, which was almost basically nothing, uh, and signed Chris to a, a contract that the Denver Broncos did not match. And so you can get creative by going out and trying to find guys uh, that are sort of in the still in the prime of their career, maybe give up a little bit, uh, you know, form as far as free, uh, restricted free agency uh, value, uh, and still get a, a young player who hasn't played all that much uh, and still has a lot of years left uh, in the tank. So uh, they're going to have to get creative here. They're going to have to be aggressive, but they're going to have to do something to fix that offensive line.
Yeah, there, there's the aggressive approach, and then there would be the the less sexy approach in-house where they've got all these young guys on the roster who really didn't play much last year, but they've got so much practice film on them that none of the fans are privy to. Obviously, the team has their own evaluations of these younger guys. Maybe they think they could be options. That's not going to excite the fan base if you say that you know, Zach Kieran or Rashad Hill are going to be your starting offensive line. feels like they probably want to go with a little more of a safe bet and that would be via free agency, and we'll find out a ton more in the next two days as I think we'll probably get the rumor mill going. There will be a lot of names linked to the Minnesota Vikings. They'll take them down to Manny's downtown and, and try to get them to sign. Did you ever have a, a wooing period with the Vikings, Sage? Did they have to, to take you downtown to a nice restaurant? Yeah, they did. I mean, I, I got traded up there, and it was right before – it was like the day before free agency. Uh, so it wasn't really – they weren't really trying to woo me. I mean, I wanted to come to the Vikings. They wanted me, and it, and it sort of it worked out pretty well for both of us. So it was an unusual situation. It wasn't true free agency. It was actually a trade, and, and but uh, they did fly me up as for a visit um, right before free agency. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, everything worked out. I believe it snowed about, you know, 10 inches or something. Uh, the day I flew in, which, which is about what I remember. Classic. I remember looking at, look at Daryl Bevel's office, got onto the practice field, and, and going, wow, I went from Miami and Houston the last seven years to this. This should be interesting. <laughs> and it was. You had a, a wild couple of years here in Minnesota. Well, Sage, free agency gets going. We'll talk to you again tomorrow and then Friday as well. He's Sage. I'm Sam. It's Locked On Vikings, Locked On Podcast Network. Also check out Locked On NFL Draft with John Ledyard, Locked On Timberwolves with Zach Bennett. They had their game canceled last night due to floor condensation. How often does that happen? Locked on Timberwolves with Zach Bennett. And once again, this is Locked on Vikings. Should I be feeling guilty or let the judges Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst list.